Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Caleb Barrett. Today's message is one that I preached on March 22nd of this year entitled Through the Storm. This was the first Sunday that our church had to uh, meet and worship via uh, live stream. Uh, So this is a reflection on what we see on God guiding us through the storm as this was the beginning of us going through this uh, time of isolation that was very difficult and not being able to be together uh, to worship our Lord and Savior together. Let's take a listen. Amen. Hello, church. While we may not all be in the church building, it's still good to be with the church this morning. Uh, if you can't hear me this morning, just uh, put it in the comments, and uh, Pastor Dennis is, is checking those, and we'll make sure that we get it fixed as quickly as we can. Um, but it is still good to be with all of you. Thank you for, to Naomi and Chloe and Morgan and Isaiah for leading the music this morning. It is, a, it is a very interesting thing to lead music via live stream when there's only three people in the room, but it is, it is a good thing. And it is amazing the technology that we have today that while we're not able to be together, that we can still be together. Um, and of course, technology works until you need it. Because when we started the stream this morning... Uh, it just did not quite work, even though Pastor Dennis and I have been testing it all week, and it worked all week until Sunday morning, but I think we got it up and going now uh, fully, so I'm very happy that we can do that, um, and I think this is a good reminder that the church is not the building. The building is just where the church meets, that the church are the individuals uh, that come together to worship together, whether it's here in Mililani or in Fort Worth, Texas, or in Hartford, Connecticut, or wherever else, that the church are the people inside the building, not the building itself. So we're just happy that you are all able to be here with us. But for anyone that's been worshiping with us over the past a uh, few months since, since mid-January. Uh, you probably know that I've been preaching through the book of Colossians, um, and I didn't really intend on taking a break from, from the book, um, but after talking with a couple people, including Pastor Dennis and Naomi and, and some others and some prayer, I decided to take a, a week away from the book of Colossians. Um, and after prayer and, and looking at, at what to preach on this week, the, the miracles of Christ were, were just uh, I was focused on them pretty much nonstop, and specifically um, Christ calming the storm. Um, so we're going to look at Christ calming the storm this morning, specifically in Mark uh, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Um, and we'll read that in a minute. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures with you, uh, wherever you are, uh, there's a link further up that, that we posted before we started the first stream that has a, a handout to go with the message this morning, um, and it has this portion of Scripture on it. So if you don't have a copy of the Scriptures with you, you can pull that up and follow along when we read that in a few minutes. Uh, But before we start, this is one of the miracles that we see in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, which are uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, We'll be looking at at Mark's account, but it's in all three of those, and it's slightly different in all of them, but they're not contradicting, they're just filling in the details. They have different details about this account. Um, But this whole section of Scripture, not just this narrative, but this section of the Gospels all focus, especially in Mark, on who Jesus is. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. But before we read this uh, passage, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that 
while we may not be able to gather in our building, that we are still able to gather uh, digitally wherever we are, especially those that may be traveling can still be with us today. And we're just glad that we have this ability to be streaming that um, while this is new to us here um, at Mililani Baptist, that there are many churches that have been streaming for a while. And that even after this um, pandemic is over, we continue to stream so that we can be with uh, our church family worshiping you even if we're traveling or elsewhere or sick at home that that we have this ability and we just thank you that you have called us into your throne room that this isn't your throne room but that wherever we, you are worshiped is your throne room and we just ask that today as we worship you in this way that your name is still glorified and that you are known among the nations we pray all of these things in your name amen so again we're going to be looking at, at mark Uh, chapter 4 verses 35 through 41 and it reads on that day when evening had come he said to them let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd they took him with them in the boat just as he was and the other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat and that the boat was already filling But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Thanks be to God. We see a lot in this passage, and there's a lot of different connections we can make to different situations that we live through. But I just, I think the first thing that we need to see in this story um, is that these disciples went on the boat. These disciples are probably not the twelve. There's different things that we see specifically in Matthew and Luke that show that they're probably disciples, generally people learning from Christ, not necessarily the 12 disciples that we come to know um, later in the passages of the Gospels. Um, But they're still people learning from Jesus, but they're probably people that were more curious about who's this Jesus of Nazareth that we've heard so much and that we've been seeing do amazing things. But when they started this trip, it was just a normal trip. It was just a trip across the water to get to the other side of the sea. Um, And they didn't go in a way, there's nothing that we see from this that there was already peril upon them. It seems that it it was just calm water as they go out and then all of a sudden there's a storm raging. Um, And if we look at the, the, the sea. It's about 8 miles to 12 miles across, depending on where you're going, but that storms start very quickly in this, this area. That It's something that it can go from cool and, and smooth to chaotic in a matter of moments. And we see that constantly in our lives, that that, that is something that we see regularly, that just because we wake up one morning and it's a good morning, the sun is shining and, and it's a nice cool day with a good breeze, doesn't mean it's going to end that way. We need to know that things happen fast. That just because we set out in a good direction doesn't mean that it's going to end the way that we anticipate. And we need to be prepared for that in different ways. But here we see that the disciples 
probably weren't just concerned for their individual lives, but also the lives of those other boats that are around them, that, that we see that they're going with multiple boats, um, probably just people following Jesus and wanting to learn more and see other things. But we know that it's not just the one boat. It's not just Jesus with a few people. It is several boats that are in uh, peril at this time but that after only a short time, the boats began to be filled with water. There's nothing that they could do but call out to God, but they had him on board. And when we're going through chaos, that's what we need to do. We need to call out to God and know that he is there. But their focus was a little bit off from what it should be. They woke up Christ. And again, this says something very specific about Christ that I, don't, I think we skip over this very often but that Christ is sleeping. He'd been, doing, he'd, he'd been teaching all day. He'd been doing miracles. He'd been healing people. Um, and we don't know all that he was doing that day. The whole day from morning to night wasn't recorded, but we know that he had been doing miraculous things. But he was simply tired, and he was sleeping in the boat. And that, says, that shows us that, that Christ wasn't just fully God in a, in a possessing a, a human body, but he was fully man as well. He was fully God and fully man. He is fully God and fully man that he needed to sleep. But moving past that, we see in this that they were concerned for their lives, not concerned for showing his power, not concerned for showing who he was. They were just concerned for their lives. And we all find ourselves in chaos from time to time. And this is right now a time that we find ourselves in somewhat unprecedented chaos. But we can call out to God and we must call out to God, not necessarily for our safety, but th that his word is heard among all other things. We want to make sure that we don't put our lives in undue jeopardy. We want to make sure that we don't do stupid things just to do stupid things. But we need to make sure that his word is heard above all else. And I think this is an amazing time for, for churches throughout the world to be doing things like we are today to be live streaming. And I think that this is going to be one of the ways that his gospel is heard among the nations. It's going to be heard by people that aren't able or aren't necessarily uh, willing to come to church, that they are going to be able to just tune in and watch and hear his word proclaimed. But we need to make sure that whatever is going on around us, we make sure that his word doesn't stop, that his ministry doesn't stop, that it continues, because that is what we are called to do, to preach the word of God to all the nations. But we know that God is with us in the storm. We know that he is here, he is present, he is not just in this building, but he is with each of us, that all believers are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that we all have God with us at all times. He is everywhere. He is with us no matter where we are, no matter what the chaos is. He is with us, and we need to be assured by that. We need to hold on to that when we feel these chaos uh, going on, and we see this exactly in the story. They literally had God incarnate with them in the boat. But we need to know that God is going to be with us. Even if the storm doesn't necessarily stop, even if we don't know what's going on, He is with us. When we wake up on that nice day, and it seems like it's going to be a great day, and we're happy, and we're going about it, and then something explodes in our life, whether it's, it's a job loss, or something with a relationship, or illness, we know that he is with us through all of it. But we need to find peace. We need to be still. 
these disciples, whether they were the 12, whether they had some of the 12 with them or not, we don't know exactly, but they had seen miracles from Christ earlier that day. But even they didn't understand who he was fully. They didn't understand his power. And if we look back at the time in this culture, we see that many rulers said that they had power over certain elements, but there was no one that said they had power over entire storms. But in this moment, they see that Christ stands up and doesn't go through rituals, doesn't do crazy things, doesn't jump up and down. He simply says to the storm to be peaceful, to stop. And it does. And it obeys him. And they see something that they could never have imagined. With only a few words, the winds calmed and the seas stilled. He not only had command over the physical world to heal people and bring blessings. He didn't just have command to exercise demons, but he had the power to calm Mother Nature. There's a, a book by a na man named uh, Milton Vincent called The Gospel Primer, and it's something that I recommend all Christians read uh, from time to time. And it's a recounting of the gospel for believers, for people that have been going to church for a while, for those that already know the truths of God, but it, it re-articulates it in a variety of ways um, to, to help us remember who God is, that we don't become complacent in our faith. But one of the things that's expressed in this is that we can go and see the power of a volcano. And I'm not just saying that because we're in Hawaii. But that is the, the, the illustration he uses, that we see the power of volcano and we know that there is no human that could ever match that kind of power and force. But God's power is unmatched compared to that. That's nothing compared to his power. And we need to know that even in the most chaos that we need to be assured in him, that we have peace in him and we need to be still in him. And we see this kind of uh, command elsewhere in scripture. Pastor Dennis, uh, a little bit earlier in our stream, read Psalm 46. And we see that God is stopping wars in this with a simple declaration, Be still and know that I am God. We need to be still and trust God. Now that doesn't mean that we can't do something to prepare. That doesn't mean that if we see something coming, we don't save some money up or, or we don't go and, and fill up the gas tanks or whatever else. But it means that we need to not fret over the small things. We need to know that he is God and we need to trust him. That we need to be still, calm our anxious hearts, place our anxieties on the Lord because he has got it in control. Anything going on doesn't surprise him. It doesn't matter what has happened. He knew that it was coming. He knew it was going to happen. This pandemic didn't catch him by surprise. He knows how it started. He knows where it started. He knows how it's going to go, and he knows how it's going to end. And we need to just take a minute, take a deep breath, and trust him that his will is done. And in this time, there are some things we can do toward this end. One is to pray. We need to pray that his will is done. We need to pray for his comfort and his wisdom. We need to know, we need to make choices on when to do certain things, including things like going to a digital service. Most churches, if not all churches on this island, are probably doing a digital service this morning. Most churches throughout the entire country are probably doing digital services this morning. And it hopefully came from pastors and deacons and elders praying together and seeking the wisdom of God and knowing that this is the safest thing for our people, that we're not running scared, 
but we're making sure that our people are safe since we have this way to still be together in union with each other worshiping God, even if we can't be in the same room together. But then we need to meditate on his scriptures. That's not just from stuff I think I remember. That's from continually to read. If there's a passage that comforts you, don't just remember it, but continually recite it. I've said multiple times in different context, but when we see meditate in the Old Testament, it comes from a word that means mumble. It means to repeat to yourself. If be still and know I am God is what comforts you as it comforts me, remind yourself of that. Meditate on that. Continually speak it. Just think through it and remember that he is God, that you can have comfort in him. But then we need to seek his face. We need to seek his will, whether it is through the scriptures or also doing ministry in the places we can do ministry still. We may be limited because uh, everything is closed right now, but we can still minister to uh, those around us. We can make sure that our neighbors have food. We can make sure that, that the, their grandparents that may not live with them have what they need. We can make sure if somebody needs medicine and they're concerned about going to Walmart, that we can go and do that for them and with them and making sure that each other is taken care of in this time. We need to seek his wisdom and where he is calling us to be at this time and how he is calling us to minister to those around us, even in times of crisis uh, that we find ourselves in now. We know that even in the craziest times, we need to cling to Christ. Not even in, but especially in those times, we need to cling to Christ. His power is above all else. God is greater than anything we can imagine. When we look back to the story, we know that they didn't really trust God. They were crying out to Christ, don't you care that we're dying? But he knew he had it in control. God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit knew it was going to happen and knew that they were going to be okay. And in this time, we need to just pause for a minute. We need to trust that he is with us, even though the storm rages. He is with us in the storm. Even when we don't see it stopping, we can take that moment of solace and know that he is standing by our sides in the most chaotic of moments. But then he says, why are you afraid? Even the disciples were afraid. Even those that saw his miracles were afraid. Now, they should have known better, but I think we can take a moment and not beat ourselves up when we have moments of fear. When we're struggling, we, saw, we know that even those that saw his miracles didn't know quite what to do and were still afraid. But that doesn't mean we should live in that fear. It means that we should continually work on it and make sure that we don't stay in that fear. And part of it is that we need to encourage one another. We need to express that fear to each other and make sure that each other is okay. And if I'm experiencing fear, I need to go to somebody else, one that can pray with me, but then also can encourage me and that we can see that we need to be still and know that he is God, that he is the great I am, that nothing surprises him, nothing came before him, nothing will beat him that he knows everything. He is everything. He has everything in control. Even right now, in this time that we really can't be together, at least not fully, we have technology like this. We have technology that the disciples couldn't even imagine. They couldn't imagine that we'd be able to have this camera set up so that we can still be together worshiping God even though we can't be all in the same room. But we need to make sure that 
we're checking on each other and encouraging one another. Uh, even if we can't go to each other's houses, for those of us that can go and have coffee, make sure everybody's good, make sure that we're having that social time, we need to do that. But we can also call one another. We can Skype, we can text. We have, so when Naomi and I were getting ready to come here, the search committee asked us a question of, are you guys going to be okay with being that far from your family? For anyone that knows me, my family is in New England, spread throughout New England, but is in New England, uh, which is pretty much as far as you can be from Hawaii. And our response was, yeah, because we have Skype. We may not be able to see them every, even every year, but we can see them as often as we want. We can physically see them face-to-face with a computer. Even 20 years ago, making a phone call from the island was a, a bit of a trial. You had to pay um, long-distance fees, and there was all sorts of stuff with it. But now, I can just pull out my phone and Skype somebody in New England or even in another country and see them as if they're standing right next to me. And while that's not quite the same, it's something that we have in trying times. We need to continue to study together and be in the Word, both individually but also together as families, as friends, as groups. Uh, Pastor Dennis and I, along with the leaders of the church and uh, uh, the deacons, among others, are looking at ways that if this extends longer, that we can make sure that we're still studying together, whether it's through um, computer things, whether it's through conference calls or whatever else. We want to make sure that we are studying the Word together because we need to be assured that He is God and He's got this in control. And while one of us may have moments of fear, all of us will have moments of fear, we can encourage each other and help each other through it. We need to seek wisdom in his name. We need to know that he is God, that he is Yahweh. He is the I am. Christ's rebuke to the disciples wasn't, was that they didn't trust his provision. They didn't trust that God had it in control. We need to trust that even if we don't see the end of the storm, that he is with us. He is there with us. We need to continually grow in trust. We know that this isn't going to happen immediately. This is going to take some time. A new believer isn't necessarily going to trust that everything is taken care of when everything is falling apart. Even those of us that have been believers for a long time uh, aren't always going to have that trust immediately, but we need to continually grow in that trust with God. And we see this in, in different places. We see this for anyone that seeks counseling, whether it's with a, a pastor or someone else. It's not something that you're going to open up about your struggles the first time. You need to see somebody uh, several times before you can evaluate, is this going to work? Because you need time to grow and trust them, get to know them so that you can open up more. But we don't just see it there. We see it with, with coaches and, and uh, music lesson teachers. It takes time to get to know one another, to open up and really trust them. We need to trust with God. We need to understand, even though our trust may not be 100% today, that we shouldn't beat ourselves up, but instead we should seek to trust him more each day. But then they cried out, who is this? Who is this that can do these amazing things? And they were fearful over him. And we need to see that his power is something that, that is an awesome power, that the, the fear is the beginning of wisdom. But it's not fear as in, what is he going to do to me? It's fear as in, 
understanding and revering his awesome and almighty being. These disciples had been with him at least through that day and seen amazing things, but they could never even imagine that power. Even if they understood that they had the Messiah with them in that boat, they didn't really have a good understanding of who the Messiah was, and we see that even up to the crucifixion, that they thought Jesus as the Messiah was going to be a warrior king. But they didn't imagine that he would be, have power over creation because he is the creator. He is God incarnate. His power goes beyond all others because he can not only heal the body, but he can forgive the sin. We see earlier in Mark, in Mark 2 in particular, that we see a, a discussion with Christ where he doesn't just hear and respond to, to direct uh, questions, but instead he feels them in the heart. He knows what the question on the, the, the Pharisees' minds are before they ever speak it. And he said, why do you question these in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? And we know this today, that doctors can do amazing things. But they can't forgive sin. They can repair things that we thought were gone forever. They can restore sight. They can fix sight. I know I wear glasses. I wear contacts. Without the doctors, I would be all but blind. They can, they can fix legs. They can reset bones. They can heal wounds. But they cannot forgive sin. <clears throat> God can calm the storm and forgive our sins. Now, that doesn't mean the storm will be calmed, and it doesn't mean that it'll be calmed like we want it to or in our time frame, but we need to know that He can forgive our sins, and He will forgive our sins to all of us that cry out to Him, and that is a far greater gift, and it doesn't matter what we have done. Christ will forgive those who cry out to Him, and we see this on the cross. When Christ was on the cross, there were two thieves being crucified with Him. And one expressed faith in him and accepted Christ as Savior. And while Christ could have gotten himself and this man down, he didn't. He gave him an even greater gift by proclaiming, Today you will be with me in paradise. We need to know that through the storm, even if we don't come out the other side, even if the boat sinks, we have a far greater gift. We have Christ as our Savior. He will forgive our sins if we cry out to Him, and He will bring us to paradise when our time comes. Now, that doesn't mean that the boat will sink or that we should want the boat to sink, but it means that in this storm we can hold on to Him and we can know that it doesn't matter what happens because we will be with Him. He is with us now, but the greater gift will come when we are with Him in paradise one day. And in these times of peril, in these times of apparent peril, it's easy to revert to our fallen instincts. It's easy to forget that we follow God, the God of all creation, the Savior of the nations. In this time of the unknown, let us hold to the man who could calm the seas with simple words and know that he has everything in control. In this time, 
we know that he knows what's going on. He knows exactly what's happening. We need to remember that he is with us in the storm. We need to be still and trust that he is God. We need to remember that God can calm the storms, but greater still, he can forgive our sins. We need to hold on to him with everything we have because it doesn't matter what the result of our storm is, whether it's this virus or something else, that one day we will be with him in paradise, worshiping together with him in the eternal kingdom. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that while we may not be able to be together in this building, that we can be together uh, worshiping you from wherever we are, uh, whether it be in our home or, or traveling or wherever else, that we know that you are with us. And we just thank you that you have given us this technology and this ability to still worship with you. We just ask that as we continue through this, this trial, this COVID-19 virus, that you help us to remember that you are the God, you are the I am, that we can be still and know that you are God. You are the Savior of the nations, and we just ask that you help us to continue in our faith and continue growing to trust you every day. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. I pray that this message was a blessing to all of you that tuned in today. It's important to reflect as we are going through difficult things on what God tells us about going through those types of things. And while we're starting to get on the other side of the COVID pandemic, I pray that this message is still a reminder for what we're still going through now, but also any possible future issues. That God is with us through any storm. If you have any questions or comments about this or any other messages, please email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. For any prayer requests that you may have, please email us at prayer at mbaptist.org. And that is not just for our church family, but all of our listeners as well. Please send us any prayer requests that you may have. We want to be praying with you over everything big and small. For more information on Mililani Baptist Church, please uh, head over to our website at mbaptist.org or follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you'll join us tomorrow for the Pastor's Corner episode where Pastor Dennis and I will discuss communion and what is communion. Thank you.